0: Few days, the life of an American citizen, right? And it seems to be for a U.S. Congresswoman too. Um, so, coming to you again from moving through the city of Atlanta. That's where I'm based out of. Anybody is familiar with Atlanta. They knows that. You know that Atlanta traffic is one-of-a-kind special Um, Atlanta is such a cosmopolitan city so you seems as though every bad driver from every state in the union moved here so but the good thing is it gives me time to talk to people on my podcast yay so anyway getting serious again guys see i try to lighten up for you because it's like by the time i get cranked up you know people will be like is he really gonna jump through my my listening device and go after these people i feel like it sometimes because some of the stuff they do is just totally idiotic right and repulsive and all that nonetheless some good news happened today And and the response was even better. So it seems as though that Congresswoman Tlaib from Michigan, uh, as we have stated, she is of Palestinian descent. Uh, her grandmother lives in the West in the occupied West Bank, as the Israelis refer to it. We, we call it, some place where people that are Palestinian can live, right? And so. Um. Anyway, her, her grandmama lives on the West Bank. And um, she really was trying to, while she was on her visit, go see her. Because her grandmama's like 90-something, right? So, you know, she's figuring she ain't got too many opportunities to see her relatives from across the water. So, you know, especially her grandmama. So, she wanted to take advantage of the fact that she was on a congressional mis- uh, trip and go see a grandma. About as American as you can get, right? So, the, uh, despite all that, right, the uh, powers that be who showed how weak they were by responding to a Trump tweet that said if you don't do as I say, you are weak, right? So they had banned her and Congresswoman Omar from Minnesota to come to the country after they had been tentatively approved to come. Right Now their whole visit they weren't going to meet with um, they weren't going to meet with the Prime Minister or any other administration officials. Um, they weren't going to meet with the people that are fighting the boycott of Israel that they're supporting and supposedly that's what it came down to why they they were denied is because they support this BDS movement um, and uh, and this is a, that movement is a movement to boycott Israel for a treatment of Palestinians. Um, it's been the goal, pretty much, of every major American politician to one support Israel and then, but on the other hand, be humanitarian to the uh, to the to the Palestinians, right? And. So to be clear, you know, my political history has been to support uh, Palestine having a state. Now, a lot of people don't understand all that, right? And uh, and a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, at least at the time anyway, he he hit me up to just some basic things. So first thing you need to understand right we talked about zionism yesterday so zionism is the movement as defined in many subjects is the movement to uh, to create a state for israel right to create a permanent homeland for the people of israel right the people that you know are in the bible right the the, the the you know because if you understand the Bible there were twelve tribes, and so there was actually uh, you know the one that kind of has the biggest claim is the tribe called Benjamin, right? At least people that say that they're connected to that. Anyway, that's that's way beyond all of my stuff. All I know is, is that this thing was started like in the late 1800s, about the time that the rednecks started, you know, trying to reclaim the South in America, right? And it, it, it gained some momentum and some popular support after World War II, because of the atrocities that Adolf Hitler did to Jewish people during, during the war. Um, you know, Six million Jewish people died because of those atrocities. And so that kind of gave the Zionist movement a chance, a legitimacy even, to, to move forward with this call. Uh kind of like how Birth of a Nation legitimized the Klan, right? And so, you know, the only difference was Birth of Nation was propaganda. This was an actual tragedy, right? A tragedy that only can be matched by the middle passage of Africans being transported to the Americas for slavery, right? Anyway, so um by 1947 the British area that had been called the uh, British occupied area that had been called Palestine um, you know, it was like so There was Palestinian people that identified there but there were Jewish people that lived there too and so, you know, there were and the Jewish people were claiming that they had a natural birthright because this was their homeland. And the Palestinians were like, "Yeah, dog, but we gotta live here." So it's all right if y'all come in, but y'all just can't kick us out, right? So a war began, and uh, basically, the the Israeli the what would be known to be as Israeli forces, the pro-Israel forces, uh, they won. And so in 1948, they basically started kicking people, palaces that were not Jewish out to create this perfect Jewish oasis, utopia, whatever you want to call it, right, homeland, and so began their form of apartheid by kicking Native people out, right? See we've seen this movie in America with the Native Americans, right? The Native Americans, the European settlers came in and after many wars and you know, a few victories by the by the natives and a lot of victories by the Europeans, uh the Caucasians, whatever you want to call them, um you know, it's like now we have what we call Native American reservations, right? Now, you can go there and gamble and have fun at the casinos, but the real history behind that is that's American apartheid, just so you know, right? And that's that's going to be one of them free-flowing podcasts down the road. I don't know when, but it's going to come soon. And I also said I was going to talk about this Philadelphia shooting I'm still debating about that right now, right? Because I want to get this thing out dealing with uh, Tlaib. So anyway, um, and then there was another fight in 67. Uh, the only good thing about the the 48 thing is that Ralph Bunch became known. And Ralph Bunch was the black man who was the U.N. The UN ambush uh, envoy. United Nations envoy and negotiated a deal where the bloodshed would stop and uh, but unfortunately it led to the Palestinians have to leave right and uh, and then the Palestinians that were still there um, by 1967 they had booted, booted them out and then uh, you know they started coming back now the problem with that is that the Palestinians, Resorted to terrorist activities to do that. The P.L. You've heard of the P.L.O. The Palestinian Liberation Army, Hamas. I think there's another group out there. So they were kind of like, yeah, you know, these were the folks that weren't exactly thrilled with the results, and so they took to the terrorism, right, to to try to regain it. And some of you have married heard of this dude, uh, Yasser Arafat. Arafat was probably the most charismatic leader of the PLO, um, most known. And he ended up negotiating a peace which started leading toward, um, you know, the end of the terrorist activities, of course, but also started leading toward discussions about a legitimate, um, Palestinian state, right, within the country of Israel, or at least coinciding, right? But then then Netanyahu and the Likud party got control, and that pretty much squashed all of that, and, you know, so, and uh, there were some people that were talking about a member of the Israeli Knesset, right, which is the uh, parliament in Israel. During the Obama administration, this guy Ari, I guess, was not allowed to come into the country. And they were trying to compare that to leave and Omar being denied. Here's the deal Ari was so far to the right, he was right of Netanyahu. And walk, right? He was right at him. So Israel labeled this dude and the party he was affiliated with as terrorists. Well now we have a relationship with Israel where it's like if Israel labels you a terrorist, we probably ain't gonna let you in to talk to our folks about anything. That's not going to happen. And Obama said, no, they, they, nah, and we're not going to let you in here. We don't know what you're trying to do. We're dealing with Hamas. You think we're going to deal with your folks too? Uh uh-uh. uh. We don't nip that in the bud. Especially since your own people say that you're a terrorist, right? So the United States government has not called Representative Omar or Representative Tlaib terrorists. They're not affiliated with a party that is considered a terrorist organization right? They're a member of the Democratic Party of the United States. And so you cannot compare those two women to that sorry individual, right? <laughs> That's the terrorist. You can't make that comparison. That's not right. So anyway, uh, yeah. So if you, you can't justify that, right? So in the end, they realized that it was kind of shoddy and, you know, they, it was really kind of messed up. So they really don't like Omar. They do not like her at all. So they didn't even try to work around to find something. But with Tlaib having a grandparent, they tried to accommodate her and say, well, if you just come to see grandma, don't talk about no boycotts and none of that stuff. You can come on in, right? So they gave her, they changed their mind on her, and then they uh, they basically said that she could come. Well, guess what, Representative Tlaib did. She said thanks, but no thanks, right? I'm not coming. First of all, I'm not coming to be limited in what I can say and do. I'm not coming to see with my own eyes how bad you're treating my grandma. And number three, I ain't coming without my dog. I ain't coming without Representative Omar. That was the whole purpose. It was supposed to be the two of us coming. And and you gonna let me come in, but you ain't gonna let my girl come in. Okay. Yeah, you can keep that image. You can keep that. Keep it where you want to keep it in the first place. We good. We good. All right. So, Representative Talib is not going to Israel, although the door has been open for her to go. And good for her. Good for her that she has decided to tell them folks where to go, how to get there, and uh, and leave me alone. Just leave me alone. Because you had no right to do that in the first place to me. Right? So, just in case, you know, even the guy who is going against the boycott, let me tell you how deep this is. Even the guy who is assigned by the government, because the government of Israel has created an agency to fight this movement to boycott Israel, right? They have actually created a state agency to do that, a government agency. And the guy who was over that government agency said, let her in, please let her in. Oh my God, if you don't let her in, then that's going to make my job harder right let her in and so you know when he said that it's like you know don't worry about Donald Trump <laughs> dude I'm the one that got to deal with this let her in so at least they offered to let her in now <laughs> when she said that she wasn't coming oh. Oh she just oh she's this and that and oh she just used us blah 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 and this that other that is it whatever I'm sorry your feelings are hurt but you never should have treated her that way in the first place. You get what you get. you get what you get right And uh, you know again we have to call what it is what it is. So Zionism is nationalism, right? Just like white nationalists here, just like white nationalists in other places, right? So, you get what you pay for on her. You know, she does not want to support you anymore. She's not not going to compromise herself, right? She's done with it. She is a United States congresswoman she doesn't give a damn what y'all think about her in israel she does not so deal with that you can be mad all you want to but see you pissed her off and she's one of the people that has to vote on 143 billion dollars worth of aid that y'all get every year so that's one vote you're not gonna get and then omar is not gonna be a vote Then pretty soon, the question that the debate, if you're not watching us in Israel, the debate in the United States is, is the Democratic Party going to continue to support Israel based on how you treated these women? And if the Democrats control one side of the House and they get the White House and the Senate, all I can say is by the time that happens... Yahoo better not be the prime minister It better be the other old man that you pulled out of the archives Or some other human being Because if the Likud party is in charge There's going to be a problem Now there's going to be some Jewish folks and There's going to be some Democrats that's going to be saying Hey, you know, we can't let this get too far nah, nah, nah. It's a new generation of people And they're trying to figure out Why are we doing what we're doing Especially if this is the way we're going to be treated by them. Why are we doing what we're doing? And if we're really not down with supporting white nationalism in the United States, and we're trying to figure out a way to get rid of it, why are we going to continue to fund to the tune of $143 billion, a nation that's run by nationalists over there? Right? Why are we going to continue to do that? So anyway, just thought I'd share that with you. That was the good news. And again, just talking about these folks and talking about this, I've been going to over for my time. We'll be back on the other side. So, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about that dude in Philadelphia um, I, until later. I'm I'm gonna get into it a little deeper. So, give me some time to really and and hopefully some details will come about motivation and all that stuff. So we can really have an informed conversation about that. Um. And that Dayton situation is again sounding crazier and crazier. Um, the toxicology report came back on the, on the young man, uh, and then of course, the family decided, you know, to do this flowery obituary for for the child, and the boy, and that that pissed people off. So, I'll probably get into that next, yeah, yeah, you know, next week. Anyway, I wanted to end today since I went so long on the other deal. I wanted to end with a story and kind of tie it in with something that's going on um, right now. So, I was a, when I was a member of the Mississippi Legislature, we used to vote on bond packages, you know, for economic development incentives, right? Sometimes we wouldn't get all the details about it before we vote on it. But if it was like an influential member of the legislature that pushed it, you know, a lot of people were like, okay, well, we trust, and if this person says they need it, they want it, you know, we'll go for it. Right? So, we had that kind of a situation. There's was a number of, and a lot of times we did that also, by the way, to try to help poor regions of the state you know it's like if there was a region of the state like the Mississippi Delta that needed some help and we felt that this package was going to go for it and based on the region that it was going to help we would vote for it without all the details sometimes right and why I'm telling this story relates to that latter explanation so anyway um Turns out we were voting on. We ended up voting on this one particular economic package. Didn't know all the details. Just knew that it was supposed to be the next thing, best thing since sliced bread. And they brought it up before us. Um, I forget how many millions of dollars it was, but it was, it was, it was over ten. And it was supposed to be this package you know to and it was related to agriculture in some kind of way that's all we knew and it was supposed to be this this awesome thing and i forget exactly where it was supposed to be located it was supposed to bring x number of jobs you know the whole spiel right it's supposed to be really good and the guy who was uh he was ways and means share and i think he was ways and means share when he brought it and where they first came up with it and he was speaker by the time we voted on Anyway, I can't remember all that. But I do remember that we voted on this thing and it was kind of a unanimous vote on, on that deal. When we found out the details, it turned out that it was what we called a coal cow processing plant. So if you never heard of a coal cow, then you were just like me when, this, when I first found out about it. A cold cow basically is a cow that can't produce milk and can't, uh, you wouldn't want to eat the beef out of it. But the skin would be good for like rawhide or whatever the case may be, uh, maybe dog food, something like that, you know, as far as the meat goes. But it wasn't, it wouldn't be USDA approved for human consumption, right? Uh, so a cow cow was basically a deformed cow what it was and so instead of just killing the cows this guy had an idea of using the cows to process other goods that you could get from a cow right, like I said, animal feed primarily dog or cat food um, leather you know, that kind of stuff right so in reality, when it was all said and done, it was a big, big scam. It was just a scam. This guy never really had any real plans. It was all kind of bogus. It just, whatever. So that ended up, and you know, and we ended up having to sue the dude and recoup the money and all that kind of stuff. It just made us look bad, right? And Republicans used it to make the speaker look bad because somehow I think that it was the speaker's idea. Yeah, whatever. So, you know, that happens is what I'm saying. So fast forward to this legislative session. And in the state of Kentucky, um, similar situation happened. The, the, The Appalachian... There was an economic development package brought at the last minute by the governor, this is Governor Bevan, who is like, he's, I think he's, he was original Trump supporter. He was, he was the original Tea Party dude. He's really been out there. Yeah. And, and, and the Kentucky folks, they didn't vote for him to serve in one position. I don't know if it was Congress or Senate, Whatever but they voted for him to be governor. So anyway, he ended up uh, asking the legislature to vote for something like at the last possible minute supposed to be an economic package to help the Appalachian region of, of Kentucky, northeast part of the state. As you probably know from the Beverly Hillbillies, a pretty poor part of the country. And uh, so a lot of people, without a whole lot of details, it promised like 200 plus jobs, whatever the case may be. And uh, they just kind of voted for him, right? Well, it turns out that this was all Mitch McConnell, right? Now he had the nerve to be upset when they started calling him Moscow Mitch but this is why you are called Moscow Mitch so you made a deal right you you made a deal with these Russian folks primarily this guy Dypesky or whatever his name is he's the aluminum magnet that was involved with trying to interfere with our elections right? so he did that he was involved and uh, turned right around, man. And he is now, because McConnell did something in the Senate side, stopped uh, uh, legislation that would have put sanctions on this guy further, right? Connected to the mother report. McConnell held that up. And so the reward was this $200 million project that was going to generate 200 plus jobs, maybe 2,000, um, in the poorest part of Kentucky. Right? So there was a need. Mitch McConnell made a deal. Right? Some people might look at that and say, well, you know, it is what it is. You know, he made a deal for his folks to help his people out. You can say that. You also say that he was signing a Faustian agreement, right? And those of y'all don't know Faustian agreement, that's as Faust is the dude that sold his soul to the devil, right? To get what he wanted. In this case, the devil being the Russian oligarchs who tried to interfere with the election that Robert Mueller's hopefully one of them jokers slip up end up on a private plane land in the United States and get arrested like one of those dudes that was an informer or something anyway so Mitch McConnell did that and then he gets upset when we call him Moscow Mitch so I'm going to say this and then close out on the weekend. If you don't want people talking about you, if you don't want people accusing you of stuff, if you don't want people to hurt your feelings, which you really can't control the hurt feelings, but you you know what I'm saying. Stop doing that kind of stuff. Stop trying to help the folks that are trying to hurt us. Right? Doesn't matter if it's Russians. Doesn't matter if it's white nationalists. Who are committing domestic terrorism? No matter who it is that are bad, Mitch, stop helping them, and especially that dude at sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue. It's it's time to stop, stop the foolishness. We can't get you to bring out a bill and vote on a bill that might deal with gun safety. But you sure took care of them Russian folks. And to be fair, them Russian folks took care of you, right? Or at least your people. Now I know how much money you're getting out of the deal. But we'll see. You know, now that now that people are upset about it and found out what's going on, they're talking about trying to pull the tax incentives or whatever, and so the Russians are talking about, well, we're not going to build a place. Or if you put the sanctions on us. Well my thing is. How dare you. You Russian oligarchy, you. Try to use the poverty of American people. The suffering of American people. For your benefit. Right? I say we. We do several things i say we go ahead and sanction you and then we we go ahead and and vote your boy out that gave you the latitude to think that you can bribe him with those jobs or whatever and then we're gonna get your other boy out the one that's the president and we're gonna get a real president in there it's basically gonna look putin and i or look down on putin as the previous president did and tell him where he can go how to get there. I think that's I think that's where we're at right now. So just a happy thought. You know? Mitch, stop. Stop. Stop being a Mitch. Mitch. Just stop being a Mitch. If you don't get that, ask Kevin Hart. He'll tell you. Until next time.